you're an outspoken advocate for both hustle and self-awareness. Yes. But if you had to put them in order, even if it's a 1A and 1B. Self-awareness. Self-awareness is not more even important close. When you know who really? you are, yes. When you know who you are, hustle's sexier. Yeah. Like, it would have been cooler for like the people listening for me to say hustle, because it's cooler. Mm-hmm. Self-awareness is the game. So, I love sports. Um, I don't play a lot, I'm old now, I'm 40. I, I try to play, I wish we could have played this morning. I'm yeah. sorry, I had to miss it. But what you would have noticed very quickly is I have no left hand because I didn't have older brothers. I didn't have anybody teaching me to go to my, like when my brother, AJ's a much better player mm-hmm. because when he was nine, I forced him to only play lefty which allowed him to have both sides of the ball. I'm self-aware that I don't have a left hand. One of the reasons I don't get the ball stolen so much and when you play pickup basketball is I try not to go to that direction that much. If somebody's smart and paying attention, they'll recognize it by game two or three and they'll be able to defend me better. But when you know yourself, you win. In business, the reason I've been so successful is I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. And so when you actually understand yourself, you know how many people are listening right now that love athletics and think they have a jump shot and think they can take it to the rack. You see it daily. That's right. And when and instead of taking a step back and saying, I suck going to my left and then working on it, yep. they continue to bullshit themselves and they never excel. Self-awareness in sports is that and in business, it's people that think they're a good marketer or it's somebody who thinks that they're good at selling or it's somebody who thinks they're good at HR or being a leader. And the truth is you may not be. And I think, you know, you look at you know, I'm friendly with Draymond Green. Yeah. His self-awareness has made him a much better basketball player because he knew what he was good at. Yeah. And Tom Izzo did a great, does a great job with that if you look at why Michigan's, you know, you know this better than I do. I'm just, I'm just dangerous enough to add to this conversation. Of course. He puts players in a position to succeed, then the whole team is better. You know, and so, my friends, if you're listening right now, if you just know who you are, if you know that you're short, if you know that you're fast, if you know that you can shoot, if you know that you're a good guy, if you know that you're a patient, gal, if, if you know who you are and do more of that and then also understand whether you need to work on those weaknesses or not. So for example, in business, I think actually not working on your weaknesses is a good strategy because you hire or partner up around it. The problem with basketball is, just being cliche here, is if you never work on your left hand, you're never gonna have it. So, you know, and it limits you. So I think self-awareness is the single most important drug in society. Why do most people lack it? Is it ignorance or fear? Boy, I think it's I mean, a lot most, of things. Most people are not self-aware. I'll be fully transparent. I wasn't self-aware until about three years ago when I went through counseling for a divorce and it completely transformed my life. You seem like someone that's been self-aware forever. So I guess the first part of the question is how long have you been self-aware and where did that come from? And then the second is why isn't everybody else? You know, it's funny. I think, and this gets into a whole nother thing, I wonder if true self-confidence, like true, is actually the unlock. I think I've been self-aware a long time because I had crazy self-confidence when I shouldn't have. When you're a freshman in high school and you're 4'11 and your book bag is bigger than you, you shouldn't be as confident as I was. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And that goes back to great parenting and that does is, I think the reason I've over-indexed in the business world is I think people see my purity which is I want to be the best but I don't want it at your expense. I just want to be the best and if I'm not, mazel tov, you're better congratulations, right. and if I am, I'm gonna stick it in your mouth, yeah. and I'm gonna talk shit, and I'm gonna fucking own it, and I'm gonna love it, right? Love it. Um, but if you beat me, like, 
I, uh, this last week we went to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. We played the Bellhops guys from a startup down there and the Vayner guys, we lost all five games. And I'm pissed and I hate them and I hope their company goes out of business, yeah. but I give them respect and they won. Listen, when you have a 6-7 walk on to Auburn, we're gonna, <laughs> when we're playing pickup basketball, you're gonna lose. But I think the punchline is I respect the game even at my own expense. Yeah. I don't wanna be a hypocrite. I think there's DNA, I think there's parenting, I think there's a lot of variables. If you didn't get lucky with the right environment, you didn't get lucky with the right parents, it's gonna be harder for you. I think I was blessed, I do think I was lucky, I believe that. Um, it doesn't take away the fact that it's true. Right. You know, like, people say, well, you're lucky. Fine, but it's true. People say, oh, you're, you're a white male in society, you have a better, you're right. But it doesn't change what's happening. Change like, I think too many people get romantic about how the way they want it. You know, so I was in Birmingham, Alabama, and somebody said, "Hey, gentrification's happening. How do we let minorities win in business?" I'm like, "Win in business." Yeah. And I used basketball. I go, "How do we get more white players in the NBA? They have to be good." Yeah. Like the market is the it's market the is way. the market is the market is the market. And so I would tell you, going on the life kick right now, nobody cares about your problems. I just have bad news for everybody. Nobody cares that you don't have time to practice. Nobody cares that you didn't grow up with money. Nobody cares that you came from a bad neighborhood. As a matter of fact, you know who I think is in the worst position in startup business world? Rich white kids, because they're fucking soft. Yeah. And they've been pampered in private schools and Ivy League school, and then they come and start a business and the market says, I don't care who your mama was. Right. I don't care what daddy can do. Daddy can't donate to the market to make you win. Got it? Got it. And that's why my kid, for example, Xander Vaynerchuk, if you're listening, you're four years old, you will not score a basket at home. The reason you have zero baskets on me is because the market's not gonna treat you any different than daddy's treating you right now. So if you're listening to this right now on recall and you're 13 and you're plotting how you're gonna beat me on one-on-one, I'm telling you right now, nine years from now, I'm 49, I'm in the best shape of my life and I'm gonna beat your fucking ass until you can actually beat me. But when he does, it'll be real and it'll be pure. That's why AJ's a better player than me. AJ, when he beat me at 16 or 17, first of all, it tasted delicious. Yes. And second of all, it's because he became a better player. And now, I work my face off to try to beat him. Yeah, awesome. Hustle and hard work, are they synonyms or is there a difference? I know you tend to use the word hustle more. Yeah, I think, that, I think they're slang of the same thing. I mean, look, guys, nobody's been successful on pure talent. Correct. Right, like, again, I'm being very sporty here because I love sports and I love the basketball stuff. Like, if that was the case, the number one pick in the NBA draft would always be a superstar. Like, right. it's not just talent. It's why, it's why all these, can- it's why the NBA draft is such a crapshoot. People look at intangibles and talent too much. Yeah. That's why Draymond can go in the second round when it was black and white, he was the heart of that team and he was gonna be a good player. Like, it's just real. Yeah. Like, like, there's a lot more Draymonds and Wayne Corbett's than you realize. They just come in different shapes and sizes. They don't have to be, Wayne Corbett's insanity, football. Yep. Draymond's a second round pick, so it's not that insane. It comes like, you know, pick 11. Like, why is Steph not number one overall? You know, he went to Davidson. He like, you know, like there's a million, the intangibles, the speed, all this that. But you can't, you can't judge heart, and the intangibles are everything in life and hard work. Yeah. There's way too many people that give up under adversity, especially when they've had it easy. If you're an NBA player, or if you're a whiz kid, you know, business kid that went to good schools, you've had it so easy. What happens when they punch you? You know. That leap from college star to NBA star, hardcore. That's a whole different world. A lot of those kids fail because they got punched in the mouth for the first time. They were the best player in middle school, they were the best player in high school, and they were even the best player in college. And then they get to the pros and they lose. You know, back to business, a lot of these kids lose because they never were the best player, they were the fake best player, they were the best student. Great, you got an A in business class. That shit is bullshit. That's like me being good at NBA 2K. That's fake. 
What happens when you actually start a business? So I, I make a lot of parallels from business and, and, and sports and I do think hustle is actually one of the two core, uh, you know, two core uh, ingredients. Yeah. It is, it's hard work and hustle slash talent. That's the formula always and forever because timing is talent. You can force yourself into any timing. I know that meditation is going to be big. I know that esports are going to be big. That's not, you know, that's not timing. That's my talent of observing consumer behavior and making bets. I didn't get lucky. I didn't have a talent for pointing my Twitter and Tumblr stock, right? right? My, that wasn't luck. That wasn't timing. That was the world is going to be all about social media. I'm going to invest in Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr. That was talent. That was understanding where humans were going to be. So by your definition of talent, how much of it is something you're born with and how much of it is you pounding away born. your craft? Born. And then the hard work is banging away. Okay. Like I had people intuition, but I maybe didn't deploy it in a business world and then I was just right about trends and I could always you know, be on my bowling team and be like, I knew Uber was gonna be big. But I didn't do anything about it. Right. I didn't know how to deploy it. That was just intuition that I was just a good guy at the bar. You know, got it? Absolutely. Talent is real, guys. Oh, for sure. Like, you see it every day. Go look at third graders playing basketball. I don't know how much, how young you yeah. go or what you see. Like, it's there. Like, I was making money as a six-year-old selling lemonade and then baseball cards. I didn't read a business book. I was six. And there was no time to hone my talent. It was in me. Then I put in the work every day. You know, I, I associate with athletes because I punted school too. Like, just so everybody knows, everybody who's made the league in whatever league, they stopped caring about algebra and science somewhere around second grade. I was the same. I got D's and F's my whole life because I knew I was gonna be a businessman and long before businessmen and entrepreneurs were gonna be cool, I fought the system, I had the self-esteem to pull it off, I thought my teachers were wrong, I knew I wasn't a loser. Uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm an 80s, 90s kid when education was the whole game, there was no entrepreneurship and I fought the market and did my thing and it worked out for me. What guides your decision making mostly now? Is it instinct or experience? Legacy. Ah. I make most of my decisions now based on what is it gonna mean to my legacy. It's quite vain actually. It's me writing the history of my life in real time but a lot of it comes from legacy. Love it. I wanna know how people think about, you know how nice it is to hear your intro? You know how like somebody tweeted that they think I'm a good guy because of the things they've heard from you? Yeah. See one of the great things is the truth is undefeated. Doing the yeah. right thing is always the right thing. Love that. Like I have no idea who you influence or who you know, but just doing the right thing by anybody you come across, you just never know. And so, I like a good. I want a good legacy. It's like telling the truth. If you always tell the truth, then you don't have to worry about what web you've created. Last question for you, my friend. I'm guessing you started VaynerMedia because you saw a void in the digital media space. Uh, is that why you started Vayner Sports? Uh, it's not why I started VaynerMedia. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's not why I started Vayner Sports. Vayner well, Media. I started. Shit. I started Vayner Media because I wanted to build the greatest marketing machine of all time. Then mm -hmm. buy businesses and run it through it. Okay. I didn't realize how horrible the other agencies were at digital and specifically social marketing. And that's why I got to build a very big company out of lack of competition. Okay. No joke. Even though it seems like a competitive space. As far as Vayner Sports, oh God, what a potpourri of uh, circumstances. I. Um, I basically was wearing a weird Jets jersey that somebody took a picture of. The agent of that player hit me up. We created a relationship. He had a very small agency called Symmetry Sports. We became friendly. He had his own business dynamics. In parallel, on top of that narrative that I'm telling you, my brother AJ has Crohn's disease. He wanted to get out of VaynerMedia because it was a lot of pressure and he didn't like it anymore. 
that other guy, Mook, calls me one day randomly and says, do you want to buy my sports agency? I'm thinking in the back of my head, maybe this is something me and AJ can do once he's out of Vayner in a year. Doesn't seem like that much. And then I said yes as an entrepreneur. And then what's happened, so I went with my intuition and now I'm realizing, oh my God, these kids are not being, I mean, whoa. I mean, these agents are not, you know, and I don't, I don't want to be unfair and paint everybody the same way, right. but a stunning percentage of these agents really don't give a crap about these kids. They're, it's a meat market, they could care less. What if I did what I did in the wine business and the advertising and startup world? What if I care more than everybody? I have a feeling that caring more in this business actually is gonna give me even more legs. Do you know what my dream is? If and when, and I think it's when. When we do the NBA, I'm gonna mm-hmm. stay in that genre because we're doing NFL first. Yep. That I get the number four pick in the NBA draft and he has a Paul George-like injury and never plays in preseason. Never plays. Fourth pick in the draft. And then I take care of that kid for the rest of my life. Help him learn business, work with him, get him into a startup, write a book about his adversity, build a podcast around him. Like change his life. Have a, show the world what I'm really doing here which is anybody that signs with Vayner Sports, it's for life. Yeah. That was me spitting into my hand. It. It's, it's everything. It's everything. This kid right here, Vernon Adams, our, one of our first clients when I bought into the agency, it still says Symmetry Team as you see on the jersey up here. Yeah. He didn't get drafted. He was supposed to go in the fifth or sixth round but he was, I guess the NFL deemed him too undersized. He crushed at Oregon for anybody who's listening. Then he doesn't even get UDFA'd which was stunning. Where's he now? The CFL. And we spent a lot of money to put him in the right position to succeed on a $500 commission check. Always do right. Always do right. Because he's the best dude. His family's the best. And I still think he's going to do a Warren Moon and Doug Flutie and come in the NFL and dominate. It's going to feel better than ever. And if it doesn't, that's just the way the market reacted. And I just know that we'll do anything we can to do right by him. So I think in the, I hope when I, when I die, that some of the conversations around my death are, well, he changed the sports industry forever because when he started Vayner Sports with the other guys, what Mook, Brian, AJ, and Gary did at Vayner Sports was they took care of players in such a way it forced Rock Nation, it forced CAA, it forced Drew Rosenhaus, it forced Doug Conn, it forced all these people to care more just to compete with them and it changed the market forever. I love that legacy. That's a hell of a legacy. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me, guys. We appreciate you, brother. Love you, man.